0: It's a very hard job. I can never do this. You gotta love every single, this feeling, dedication, misirus, has to be for every single child, whoever ends up in that seat in your classroom. Our precious children, Yalda Yisrael. Grace them. The Abishta gave them a special sense. Highly developed sensors and radars. They know who loves them. The ones that they feel, this guy really loves me, they'll be open to me. And they know, they have a sense, my Rebbe likes me, my Rebbe doesn't like me. I get on his nerves. Nerves. He's happy when, I, when, I, when I'm absent. My Rebbe looks very disappointed when I walk in the room. And I'm not talking about blaming the Rebbe. I can't imagine. I'm sure some kids, they'd much rather the kid didn't come that day. It makes it much harder. But that's if you look at the kid as the problem. If you look at it like, I'm going to be the solution to this kid, then it's a whole different struggle. The whole struggle is different. nefesh, And therefore, only when the educator loves the child, ahavas nefesh... It's the only way that it can be matzliyach. Look how far it goes. And I always ask the matzliyach, the educators, if they love their talmidim, and then I know how matzliyach they are. So you don't need to go ahead and even speak to the kid. Yes, the Rebbe, see that kid over there, Chaim Moshe? How much do you love him? 76. Ah, oh, the kid probably is doing 76 so I could tell how matzliach how the kid is by how much the teacher lo- loves the kid. We spoke about this many times. The Chazal. tell us in Rosh Hashanah, The Chama, the sun, never saw the pkima, the lacking of the moon, the floor. You look at the moon, it's only 20%, 40%. The Chama never sees the lacking, says the balshemtiv. Shemtiv. The chama, chama is the mashpia, and the moon is the makabal. It's also for the chama, the rav who's being mashpia, the teacher, to see the deficits and the flaws of the talmidim who are the, the makabal. Then there's no way to be matzliach. If you look at the kids in the class and you see, ah. Oh, he's a loser, he's a learned disability, he's a dummy, he's, and every, you look at their flaws, and you don't see that they're diamonds, just with things that are on top of them, that you, that you have to polish through, to get through, and they're precious, and they're going to be amazing adults, then you cannot be matzliach. Amazing. I want to say a pshat, a pshat, based on this. So the chama, the sun, doesn't see the dark side of the moon. Right? Why? Because the moon is not straight. Some kids are not straight. Right, so the Chama doesn't see the part that's like bent behind but if the Chama would see, would find a way not to just saw, shine its earth straight, it would find a way in a twisted way, Right, then what would happen to the Begima of the Levana it wouldn't be pugum. if the rays of the Chama would reach somehow, that part of the moon that's twisted away, then it wouldn't, it wouldn't be dark so we blame the moon But we could also realize that a chama that has tremendous skill will find a way to shine your light even on those that are dark, the dark side of the moon, the things that are not yasher. So when you're going ahead as a parent or a teacher, you're teaching, yasher, you're there, you show up, you're in a good mood, you're happy to be there, you're teaching, and some kid is turned away, he's in darkness in his brain. So avada, if you can't shine your light on that dark place, to get the smile into the kid, to get your light onto that kid, it's always going to be dark. Right? Because if it would, it wouldn't be a pogom anymore. You can remove the darkness from your students if you find the skill to find a way to do it. And sometimes it's during class, sometimes it's by recess, sometimes it's in different ways. I'll tell a true story that I love telling with my own daughter. My daughter always dreamed about being a, a teacher and hopefully eventually a principal. She has great kaikas, beezas, shembliya in her. She really can be a fantastic educator. She came back from seminary and she very excitedly got her first job. She's teaching, Givaldik. She started work that, that Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday night, she tells me after the meal, she says, what do I do? When I walk into the classroom, there's one girl who's cuckoo. She's nuts. She just jumps up and down. She says, Mora, 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 can we go ahead? Can we not study today? She just disrupts the whole class and she gets another two, three or four of the shvacha kids who are also not so into it. She gets them crazy. And then, I, I don't know, I can't teach. She disrupts the whole classroom, ends up being disrupted. She says, I spoke to the principal. The principal said, ah, she's a troubled kid. Do what everybody else does. Ask her to leave the room. And next year, she's not coming back to the school. They solved the problem. So she looks at me and she says, Ta, what do I do? So I told her, listen, if you cannot figure out how to teach with her in that seat, and your only solution is that she leaves the room, then I think you should quit. It's not a job for you. So she looks at me with that look, and she's like, whoa, like her whole career, her whole future that she's building up, her whole high school and seminary to be a teacher, and that's what she wants, to be a mashpia, and she's great, and she has kajiches. She's like, whoa, like now she's on trial. She's like, whoa, what do, you, what do you mean? I said, you cannot hurt a Yiddish and a Shama, period. So if you want to keep this job, I don't believe you come to Shemaim. and you say, well, how come you embarrassed this kid? How come you rejected this kid? You told him there's no place for you in this classroom. You say, well, I was a teacher. I don't believe that that's necessarily going to work for you. And even if it's a good p'tur, you shouldn't live your life that way. There's so many other jobs that you can have that you never have to be a part of pain hurting, rejecting any neshama, pick another job. It could be a sheichet. You don't have to worry about the chickens. You could say, poop, poop. Actually, there's very spooky stories in the Baal Shemt of, of of a sheichet that said that a chicken was traif when it was kasher and it came back as a gilgal. you got to be careful even with chickens. <laughs> but with chelik al-kam Mao, with diamonds, with Hashem's children, whoa. I said, if you can't find a way to not insult her, Make her She will feel rejected, even though, and here's very interesting, it's her fault. She can't sit normally. Probably not her fault. Probably has a reason, right? But bottom line is, she is misbehaving. But when she's in the hallway, she's not thinking to herself, this is such a great teacher. I really deserve this punishment. No. She has struggles and problems that are stopping her from being able to behave, and she's going to feel rejected. You cannot reject this thing. So my daughter was like, ta, uh you know, early retirement after one week. I don't think their severance pay for that. What should I do? So I said, well, you have no choice. See, once you put the educator's job on the line, they have to fight for an idea. She didn't come in with that. She came in with that. I got a problem. It's a kid. Now she's, I got a problem my whole future. I said, you have to find a way to win over this kid. Because if you win over this kid, then the other kids will behave, and then the whole class will be fine. So here's what happens. It's a Mysa Shahaya, it's a true story with my own daughter. You can ask her. You could ask, I mean, this is true. It's not like from a thousand years ago. It's true. She came in to, to class the next day. The kid came running over. Mora, Mora, can we have recess? I don't want to play. I don't want to this this. She says, let's say her name is Hani. So, Hani, can you do me a favor? Can you get me a cup of water? Sure, Mora. Everyone else sat down. Hani came in with a cup of water. She said, wow, thank you so much. Wow, you have such pretty eyes. The kid was all shy and embarrassed, and she sat in her chair. The next day she comes in to teach. Maura, Maura, can you help me? Can you whatever? She says, "Honey, can you get me a cup of water? Sure, Maura. Everybody sat down, starts teaching. She came in two minutes later with a cup of water. She goes, oh, I never noticed your headband before. It's so pretty. On Wednesday, the menaheles... Walked through the halls, looks through the window, and sees my daughter teaching an entire class with no chair empty, with everybody sitting and listening. Wednesday. She was so amazed, she knocked on the door, she disrupted, she couldn't wait. She disrupted the class, she called my daughter out, and she said, what did you give her? Like, which pill? She was amazed. Every other teacher came to the conclusion, I can't teach the class with her, She's got to leave. My daughter had to come up with another plan because she didn't want to lose her job. And that same kid that so many other teachers said, no hope, no way, impossible, my daughter won over with a cup of water and a few compliments. And she lasted and lasted and lasted. So the point is, we have to be dedicated. We see the kids, the teachers see the kids with the darkness. 20% darkness. 80% 80% darkness. Some kids, we know unfortunately statistically, about one out of five kids are molested as children. It's a horrible statistic. So if you have 30 kids in your class, between five, six, seven, around that, are molested. We know that there are kids whose parents are fighting divorced families. We know there are kids who are poor. We know that all kinds of problems. And you come in and teach, and of course you have a couple of kids there just open and ready. That's wonderful. Everybody knows what Ruf Steinman said said, the four kids in the class that, that know everything and do everything and they, they respond to you beautifully, that's your hazeh, right? The four kids in the class who you want to throw out and reject and you have to work with them, that's your illum. Haba. And everybody else is what you're getting paid for. That's your job. right? So it's very, very hard. But we know that there's kids who have darkness. If you just say, okay, you out, you out, you out, that would be a wonderful job, but it's not going to work. So you have to find a way to shine your light. Let me tell you a secret. Kids at any age look at adults like we are angels. We have so much power. If you show an interest in a kid, they respond to that. They respond to that. A kid in third grade looks at a sixth grader like he's Ramesha Feinstein, Gadol and Superman all wrapped up in one. An adult... If you smile at them, it's unbelievable. And there's so many stories in Khan Mai, but there's one story that I heard from Rabbi Gedalia Sheinan, who's a yeshiva, in a yeshiva of kids who are shtickle troubled in Eric Yisrael. They found a kid in his school. It's a regular yeshiva. It's just, kids are a little bit, but they're still yeshivish kids. There was a kid who they caught with an iPhone, with internet, open internet, in the yeshiva. Not only in the yeshiva, in the classroom during shear, under his desk. That's like the worst possible crime. They went to Rav and they said, what should we do? So the Rebbe who was there said, I cannot have this kid in, in the classroom. And Rav G'day Yashaynon said, let's hear what, what Rav Steinman has to say. It's so interesting, because the Gedalim never wanted to lose a kid. The G'daylom always say, well, we have to, we can't, There was no reason. The Gedalim always come up with a way. He said like this, listen, you can't have him in the classroom. So you got to tell him, for 30 days we have a special program for you. The second Seder Rebbe, who comes in the second Seder, will be learning with you privately in the base Medrash, one-on-one morning Seder. Second Seder, the first, your Rebbe, this Rebbe, you will learn with him second Seder for one month. After a month, come back and tell me. What do you think happened? Instead of punishing him and telling him you're worthless and adding on another kid on the street, which would have made a lot of sense, everybody would have said, yeah, you have to put your foot down. If Steinman said, what's going to fix the problem? What fixes broken kids? Attention, private attention, I believe in you, I'm not willing to give up on you. And Baruch Shekivanti, in a certain way, i got to tell you, when I opened Home Sweet Home, there were kids, believe it or not, who broke the rules. Hard to believe. These were all kids off the derech, many of them were homeless. Of course they broke the rules. No kunz. I didn't look at them and, wow, I can't believe you did this to me. I was expecting it. But there were some rules that you couldn't stay in the house. For example, if you lifted an arm, if you hit another kid, you lifted your hand, you can't, you can't be in, in regular gen pop, in regular population because then the house is going to be knives and fights and whatever. So, there was a day, it was like the second day, that the one kid offended the other kid, and that kid raised his hand and punched him in the face. So, what did I tell him? I said, listen, I'm really sorry. You can't stay in the house. This is a kid who lived on the street for three and a half years. Homeless. He lives in a truck. He's like, okay, fine. I don't care. I don't need this place anyway. He used to sleep on the D train. Okay, he knows who he is. He's living now with Hashem in Lakewood. He's doing good. Hashem has two kids And yeshiva. is great, great, solid, solid guy. We should all be as frum as him. But at that point, he's like, okay, you don't want me. I'm out of here. So I said, whoa, 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 hang on. You can't sleep in the house, but you're not going. You're not going to be homeless. You're going to sleep in my house. So I moved him into my guest bedroom, the presidential suite in the attic, which is really made up nice for, com- for company, for guests. So we have special guests. And he stayed in my house for a week. And all the volunteers told me, what kind of punishment? How's he going to learn? What, what, you, you're upgrading him. He's much, much more comfortable at my house. After a week, he told me, I want to go back to the house. He, as much as he enjoyed the, the special treatment, he wanted to be back. I said, okay, no lifting hands. He, and that was it. So we have to be ready to realize that we will not lose any kids. That's what the G'daylam taught us. Im ki ha-meimer nemer although this maimer is spoken about G'daylam, about adults, shayich hugam gam it's also shayich to the children, She im chas v'shalem, e'na soival as talmidoi. If an educator cannot be soival, cannot take his student, me'chayvosoi lo'hidiyah lohirim shalei lo'hoytzioi lo'makim acher, ki etzloi e'n lo'ikfar sikri la'atzlocha. The teacher says, I can't take this kid anymore, right? Then you have to let the parents know, there's no way I can be matzliach with the kid. So what has to happen at that point? The educator has to add on to himself supernatural kachas. Because it's not shaykh to go to parents and take 5, 10, 20, 30% of a class every single year and say, sorry, I can't deal. He says, but you need to know that you will not be matzliach if you cannot tolerate a kid. I can imagine how hard this is because some kids are really hard to tolerate. That's why the Rebbeim deserve to be paid ten times as much. They have to go through so much. I've spoken about this in the past. We pay a a psychologist $600 an hour to evaluate one kid. They have to evaluate 25, 30 different kids every single day why is he wrong? Is he lazy? Should I push him? Should I not a glet, a punishment, to this? And we expect him to teach the curriculum while they're going to deal with all the problems in the classroom. You have to be mamish superman. Unbelievable. And those who can do it deserve mamish a tremendous amount of our tremendous recognition. We should be tipping them and giving them money and showing them appreciation. If we can't afford to give them money, we should give them gifts. We should shower them with our appreciation. It's so hard to be a mechanach. And even if you have to punish, it can't be done out of anger and frustration. It has to come from love, and it has to feel like love. In order to be like Tzadikim say on the Pasuk, He had a tine on him. He said, "How come you didn't do this?" The Rosh Hashanah is Malay Ahava full of love? Even when he was criticizing him, he was saying, how can we put this over here? But what was he feeling inside? He wasn't feeling Malay disgust, Malay frustration, Malay Ahava full of love. This is the only way to be matzliach with our students. You cannot be Magnusra and into a child only if you first open up the heart of the student there is no other way to open up a heart of a child so they could be sitting there they could even hear the information they could even repeat the information listen very carefully but they're not machnes it into their being you hear what he's saying over here the kid can get a hundred. The kid can go ahead, be the type of kid that listens to everything, yeah, sure, gets a hundred. But if you don't have love for that kid, his heart did not open up. If his heart doesn't open up, you're not machinist the Torah and the information and the whole Yiddishkeit and feelings of Yiddishkeit. Your Shemayim, Midas is into their heart. And there's only one key. Isn't that interesting? There's only one key, and that's called love. If you don't love the kid, you're not going to get the information into his being.